Welcome to Saul Assessment Shared Stories, aka SAS, the podcast from the Student Affairs Assessment Leaders. This podcast will serve as a space to share assessment strategies, stories, and thoughts on student affairs assessment and research. With a focus on inquiry, we will share all voices with the goal as a community to develop solutions, provide support, and continue to inspire one another to advance the field of student affairs assessment. Today's podcast is from a personal example in which I'm going to provide insight and training on how to be a facilitator for focus groups or listening circles. The goal of using this method is to truly understand students or employees' experiences from their perspective or to add context to current survey results and how to better address issues of curiosity. The process of facilitating listening circles or focus groups will support empathy, cultural humility, listening, courage, and vulnerability. And ultimately, this work will develop solutions to address issues and promote positive experiences for students and employees. So the rest of the time I'm going to spend preparing you to be a facilitator through some training to lead a listening circle or focus group in the future. Most importantly, this set of skills that you can add to your toolbox can be applied in a variety of scenarios that we hope enrich your experience working in higher education. To center my positionality and frame for this training, I am Renee Lagado Riley, Director of Assessment and Research and Student Life at the University of Oregon. I have been at the UO for almost seven years, and I'm a trained quantitative methodologist, formally, but in the last 15 years as a student affairs professional. I have become a mixed methodologist employing qualitative methods that center people in their voices and understanding their lived experiences to help inform practice. My goals today are to share with you a subject that I care deeply about and love as a research methodologist. A facilitator role can prepare you easily to lead focus groups as well as other qualitative methodologies. In the remainder of the time, I'm going to share an overview how to help you achieve the specified learning goals to do a few activities and end with questions. And by the end of today's training, you will one, define the role of facilitator to use in a future listening circle or focus group, two, Understand facilitator techniques to open, explore, and close the sessions. Three, identify ways to engage participants and probe to explore further. And four, recognize facilitator roles in ensuring confidentiality and the focus on why you're doing the focus group or listening circle. Ultimately, this process that you prepare for will help you understand patterns in perceptions, identifying trends in a non-threatening environment. The main purpose of focus groups or listening circles will be useful in identifying opinions, expressions of groups in a short amount of time, provide more depth than any survey or other like quantitative methodology can provide. This really provides you some depth into those people experiences. The main purpose for facilitating focus groups or listening circles is that in a group setting is that you will believe that the process of that outcome for that specific curiosity that you're trying to explore will actually benefit from the participants' discussion within community, focusing on ways to improve that experience. The value of this group process within a focus group and listening circle can really be used with, one, decision-making about processes, practices, policies. For example, by asking participants, what do you see as advantages of this program, experience, etc., that can give you some insight into helping make decisions? Two, it can help guide policy or service development to better serve students or employees. So you can have specific prompts and questions. Tell me more about your experience with this program. 
or what did you find most useful about this program? Three, it's really helpful to capture insights on behavior. You can learn how participants are experiencing their world interacting in this environment by having different examples around how has your experience been as a person from this background or in this program. And so you can really get at identifying subpopulation trends and behaviors. You can learn about behaviors, identify themes, and actually even use these as interventions. The process of facilitating a focus group or learning circle can really provide insight on organizational concerns around any type of student experience, employment experience, etc. It provides you a lot of depth. In sum, choosing listening circles or focus groups is because of its ability to support group interaction, early exploration into any kind of survey results, or to generate ideas into how to address issues. I also want to discuss that there are limitations. No method is perfect, and there are criticisms of focus groups and learning circles. You should always choose the method based on your curiosities or research questions. One, there's a lot of planning and preparation that goes into facilitating focus groups and listening circle. And because the facilitator role has such influence on the way that that learning circle or focus group will go, facilitator preparation is key to making sure that this session is successful. Also, in focus groups, data are context-specific. For example, it's a one-time visit with participants, and often participants could make up answers. We don't know. Sometimes things may be more intellectualized than in real life. It also may temper real emotions. Or if the topic is too complex, these may not help us answer our questions. Also, dominant participants can influence results, and sometimes participants put on their best face. You can also have potentially trivial results, abstract or not a lot of depth. There's definitely an influence of the group process, which is good and bad. It's also important to notice that ensuring ground rules for consideration of ethical issues is a thing. Focus groups and learning circles can generate distinct ethical challenges. The principal challenge is your obtaining consent lies in giving a clear account of what will take place in the group, but you're also owning to the unpredictability of that discussion and the interaction that may occur in that setting. Confidentiality and anonymity are potentially problematic because of the facilitator's limited control over what participants may subsequently communicate outside the group. So if the group's discussion encourages over-disclosure by some participants, harm in a group setting may arise from the discussion of sensitive topics, and this may be amplified by the public nature of the discussion. And distinguishing harm from other unpleasant feelings and experiences is tough for a facilitator. So a balance should be struck between avoiding or closing down potentially distressful discussions and silencing the voices of certain participants to whom such discussion may be important or beneficial. So how do we work within our limitations of focus groups and listening circles? Well, first, we need to do our best to prepare for this facilitator role. So as you embark on preparing for a facilitator role for a focus group or listening circle, it's important to discuss the concept of theoretical saturation. So when you analyze the data, because your your role is directly related to collecting that information that will be analyzed. In quantitative methods, the idea of statistical power and significance or effect size are common language that's used. There's often a lack of information sometimes on qualitative data and how to analyze a set of information unless you are a qualitative researcher. So some of the language we use is called saturation. This is the concept that we reach saturation when we are not learning anything new. 
Theoretical saturation is normally reached after 10 to 12 data collection settings. So qualitative data can help to formulate hypothesis around subpopulations. Quantitative data, on the other hand, is required to demonstrate difference significantly. So qualitative data is experiential. And one of my favorite qualitative methods is a phenomenological research study, an approach that helps in describing the lived experiences of an individual. This phenomenological method focuses on studying the phenomena that have impacted a specific individual and elevating their voice. So as a mixed methodologist, this is a great lens. However, when you're studying subpopulations, it's important to note that you're going to need to have more opportunities to reach theoretical saturation by having more data collection settings. So in sum, one of the most critical important aspects of using focus groups and listening circles is the facilitator role. These work when participants feel comfortable, respected, and free to share without judgment. Thus, the role of the facilitator is to ask questions, listen, keep the conversation on track, and make sure everybody has the chance to share. Size of these sessions can vary from 8 to 10, no more than 12. You want it small enough for everyone to have the opportunity to share insights, yet large enough for diversity of experiences to emerge. Everyone can share, and you must be mindful of introverts in the conversation, hence having questions prepared ahead of time, and all participants are encouraged to participate. It's a good exercise to develop probing questions as well. There are three components that a facilitator thus needs to lead. One, engagement, two, exploration, and three, exit of each session. So during the first component of a facilitator role, engagement, This is where the facilitator will nurture disclosure, confidentiality, anonymity, and getting to know one another. A script is important to ensure that the goals of the session are clear, keep the conversation moving, and importantly, close and open properly. But you also don't want to sound too polished and not authentic either. During the second component of the facilitator role is the exploration. During the exploration, exploration portion, the facilitator must generate the maximum number of different ideas, free-flowing, but keeps focus. It's not a debate or conflict resolution, but instead you're asking probing questions, helping uncover insights, and showing respect, interest, observing, listening, and changes directions as needed. Some example of probing questions in addition to the prompts and questions you have within your script are you can add follow-up questions around, please tell me more about that. Could you explain what you mean by that? Can you tell me something else about that? Could you give me an example of? Your main goal is to make sure people are comfortable and ready to share ideas. And thirdly, the third component of a facilitator role is end of session because closing is critical. Thus, in the exit portion, the facilitator thanks participants for their time, re-emphasizes the purpose of the session and how data will be used, reminding about confidentiality, summarizing main points and asking participants if anything was missed, looking for signs of agreement, confusion, using this as a step to summarize the group discussion, ask for amendment, etc., and end with, have we missed anything or is there anything else you would like to add? If the topic is is sensitive, turn off the recording and ask this question. And if anything unsettling comes up, this is the first time that you want to end on a neutral or positive note. So now that we discussed the three components of a facilitator role during a focus group, our listening circle are one, engagement, two, exploration, and three, exit. Moving on to facilitator traits, it's important as a facilitator that you are objective and non-judgmental. You're a good listener and you observe. You engage participants who are quiet and divert others who dominate conversations. 
patient and persistent, establishing respect without necessarily being the expert, maintaining rapport, you can change directions as needed, juggling many different skills, but really the goal of a facilitator in a focus group or listening circle is to provide a safe environment, show respect and interest, listen and observe. So qualities that make a good academic researcher are different than make a good field researcher or a good focus group or listening circle facilitator. What happens in the beginning of a focus group or listening circle through the facilitator role through the engagement can affect the entire session. So in some, listening circles and focus groups can stimulate ideas, form buy-in, put employees or students at ease to share their perspective into why things are the way they are from their point of view, reinforce confidentiality, establishes rapport to help develop ideas, also supports empathy, cultural humility, listening, courage, and vulnerability. And ultimately, this work and this process helps develop solutions within community to develop and address issues pertaining to students' experiences or employees' experiences. Ultimately, these sessions make sure people are comfortable and ready to share ideas. So managing focus groups or listening circles means that you must multitask and you're also managing different personality types that makes a lot of hard work and effort, but you only get better with experience and practices. So I'm going to demonstrate different personalities that might show up during your focus group or listening uh, circles and how you might address their different personalities to engage them and make sure the session runs well. So let's talk about the different personalities that might show up. The first, the debater. The debater disagrees with other participants and tries to turn the conversation into a debate. Let's take some time, whether on a sheet of paper or on notes on your computer. Come up with one way to redirect a debater. Now that you have written down some ways on how you might redirect a debater, here are some of my thoughts. I often look at the individual and say, I appreciate your thoughts on this topic. Now that we have heard your concerns, I want to hear from others. And I'll look at other folks and ask what their experience has been and what we can do to improve those experiences. Sometimes these debaters like to interrupt and uh, Often I reframe and I let them know, I'll give you another 20 seconds to talk and then I want to hear from the others. Those are some strategies I've employed to deal with the debater. So another personality that might show up in a focus group or listening circle is the wanderer. These are people who bring up different topics unrelated to the actual focus group or listening circle questions. So spend some time thinking about ways to redirect a wanderer. So now that you've been thinking about how to redirect a wanderer, some best practices that I've done is just simply redirecting the group to focusing on the purpose of why you're doing focus groups and listening circles. So again, just saying we are here today to discuss how to improve your experiences on this campus or with this program. So just refocusing and reframing on why you're there in the first place usually helps. Another personality that might show up, which is probably the more common one, is the quiet one. These are people who give short answers with one or two words and do not elaborate. So think about ways to redirect the quiet one. 
Okay, now that you've re-thought about ways to redirect a quiet one, here are some of my suggestions. You can usually spot them early. They're often the last to introduce themselves, and if in person, they will sit the furthest away from the actual facilitator. So provide them nonverbal encouragement. 80% of communication is nonverbal. So by providing nonverbal encouragement, by acknowledging their presence and using probing questions that are non-threatening, often I'll look at the individual and say, did you want to validate anything that you're hearing today? Or would you like to share your thoughts on this topic? That way it's non-threatening and really reframes on the focus on why you're there and really focused on wanting to hear everyone's voices. Another way is just to re-emphasize that you want to hear everyone's voices their day, and you really want to make sure that you do justice to providing and elevating their voice. So that also provides an extra encouragement for them. Another personality that might emerge is the talker. These are folks that dominate the conversation and may interrupt other participants. So think about some ways to redirect a talker. So now that you've thought of ways to redirect the talker, I just really encourage you to remember to encourage all participants to engage and often looking at the talker, I often will say, I appreciate your perspectives that you've shared so far. I would like to take the rest of the time to hear from others that have not spoken. Would anyone else in the group like to add to these points that have been discussed or would you like to add your own thoughts? That usually um, eliminates the issue with them dominating the conversation. Another personality that might show up in a focus group or listening circle is the counselor. These are individuals that are trying to help fix other problems or their problems, often providing specific advice. What are some ways to redirect a counselor? This is definitely a tough one because topics can be tough and evoke emotions. Some participants treat this as a group therapy, either for themselves or to help others. Remember to have empathy and remind participants why they're there. Be kind. You don't know the pain they're in and what they're going through. So you never know how much a kind word or just listening can actually help. And often using the reframe and redirect to the purpose of being there today and why you're hosting these focus groups and listening circles and then trying to engage other folks to also add their thoughts and feedback. Another personality that might show up in a focus group or listening circle is the disruptor. These are people that answer their cell phone or on TikTok, social media. They get up in the middle of the conversation to go to the bathroom, take a call, or if there's food in person, they get up and constantly getting food. What are some ways to redirect a disruptor? So these are definitely difficult to handle, but I always make sure to that I mention to the group, I want to make sure we capture what everyone is saying. So often I'll call in the individual, excuse me, so-and-so, can you share your thoughts? And I would like to hear your feedback and perspectives on whatever the topic is that you're discussing in that focus group or listening circle. And again, if the individual is too disruptive, you can ask them to leave. But in my over 200 plus focus groups and listening circles that I've hosted, I've never actually had to ask someone to leave. Usually redirecting and reframing works well. So managing different personalities can take a lot of effort um, in focus groups and listening circles, but these participants can be interchangeable, meaning they can sometimes show up with different personas. So different approaches and strategies would require getting like to know each of these and getting practice. So good luck managing different personalities. And these are just a few examples that I've encountered in my time 
hosting and facilitating focus groups and listening circles. So now that I've discussed multiple personalities that might show up to a focus group or listening circle that might distract the goals of your session, I'm going to do a quick simulation of the three parts of a facilitator role, the engagement, which nurtures disclosure, the exploration, which probes has probing questions and really the crux of the focus group and listening circle to get at answering some of those research questions and curiosities, and lastly, exit to kind of close that session properly. So simulation of engagement. Welcome to this focus group. We appreciate your time, presence, and willingness to help us contextualize and dig deeper into the survey results and your experience by giving us the opportunity to share your perspective into why you think things are the way they are from your point of view and in your words. Before we begin, we're going to review the goals of this session as well as some agreements for this space. Some goals for today's focus group is that we want to dig a little bit deeper into understanding some of your thoughts from the recent survey that we did on your experience, as well as just dig deeper into your perspective onto why things are the way they are, and really explore the why behind these numbers, center your well-being and care as foundational to our overall community health on our campus, and really ultimately provide space for truth-telling and community well-being. Some other agreements is that we want to approach each other with love, kindness, and respect. We want to listen with compassion and generosity. We want to advise or attempt to fix or not attempt to fix or save each other, but let us sit with each other with emotions and experience and really figure out how we can better your experience by sharing these voices collectively. We want to hold all opinions safely, maintain confidentiality, Take the lessons, leave the details. We ask that you please not share the stories of others outside of this group. And again, this is not a debate. So looking around, do we have a shared understanding of these agreements? Are there any you think we should add? Confidentiality is very important, and we hope that you will all be excited to talk about this experience when you are done. But we ask you to ensure that your comments that you share are high level and won't reveal any individual experiences. So please feel free to silence your phones. Of course, we want to respect your time. And if there is an emergency, as we are all humans here, please feel free to excuse yourself and take care of your personal needs. Today, we have five prompts and about 55 minutes to get through them. I may need to move us along at some point, but please feel free to follow up via email if there are any thoughts you want to pass along on your behalf. Again, we have someone here taking notes. The notes will be de-identified and your name will not be shared. So let's begin with introductions and a quick icebreaker. So please share your name, pseudonym, pronouns if comfortable, and what has been your best moment this week so far. So that ends the simulation for engagement. I will mention if you have an IRB protocol, you will definitely want to incorporate the consent aspect of that research and use that to guide your nurturing disclosure and confidentiality. So the simulation of exploration. So Catherine, it sounds like you've mentioned that your student experience has been impacted by your need to be a caregiver. Could you please give me an example how this might affect your ability to go to class and engage in campus activities? Adonis, you mentioned that community is lacking on campus. Could you explain what you mean by this 
And do you have a suggestion how we can better support community? That's the end of the simulation of exploration. Just a few notes on this. You're going to have different prompts and scripts developed to go over and really embed into this process, but it's important that you really dig a little bit deeper into making sure that you answer those research questions. And lastly, the simulation of the exit and closing of the session. I want to thank everyone for sharing their voice and time with us today to share your perspectives and to why things are the way they are. I want to be respectful of your time and commitment. We have about five minutes left. This is what I've heard so far. Caregiving affects school, work, life balance, and places an extra strain on these students with these obligations. The recommendation that I'm hearing is how more empathy and understanding can be shared with faculty in order to better support students as they navigate these experiences. And lastly, I have not, I've heard that community is lacking at the campus level. And we want people to feel like there are places and spaces where they can connect and support one another. So I hear, I've heard that students have appreciated the speaker series and would like to have more opportunities to come together and engage in this way, along with more social events. So in some, have we missed anything? Is there anything else you would like to add? Hearing none, I want to remind you that this data will be analyzed by our office and summarized thematically. We'll also share that with you to ensure that we've captured your voice correctly as we're centering you in this work. We'll then share with our divisional leadership as well as, well as other leaders across campus. We'll sort through these themes and recommendation with the goal of sharing with the whole campus community. Our plan is to have this done in six weeks. If something comes up that you did not feel comfortable sharing in this group today, please email me and we'll identify ways to have you share your perspectives more securely. Thank you for your time. That ends the simulation of the exit and closing and all our simulations of the three components of the facilitator role, engagement, exploration, and exit. I do also want to add a few notes. If you are going to host in person, please try to have quiet food. Um, just because sometimes if you're recording the sessions, the transcribers will have a hard time hearing around potato crunching, things like that. So opt for quiet food. There are also ways to engage via Zoom. Um, and there's auto transcripting in that. There's AI with Otter apps available to help with transcription. And if you are going to provide food and you are going to do it remotely, there's ways to still provide participants food, which is technically kind of a incentive for them to participate, where you can use Grubhub and other services to allow them to still participate with food. So this training I provided today was designed to make you feel more comfortable leading a listening circle or focus group as a facilitator. Today, we described the role of a facilitator, shared techniques to engage, explore, and close the session while also learning how to probe and explore concepts further. Your role as a facilitator is to nurture disclosure through ensuring confidentiality and reminding those in your session about their purpose. I've shared ways to manage multiple personalities, along with ways to summarize session themes and gather agreement from participants. I've also walked you through the three parts of a facilitator role in terms of a simulation. If focus groups or listening circles are a methodology you choose in the future, I hope that I've provided you some tips, etc., to help with this process. I wish you luck in your facilitator role and please reach out with any questions, thoughts, etc. 
Thank you for listening to the Saul Assessment Shared Stories, aka SAS podcast. Thank you to our sponsor, the National Higher Education Benchmarking Institute, for making this podcast possible. The National Higher Education Benchmarking Institute helps institutions organize meaningful data and create benchmarks. They provide the benchmarks higher education institutions need, those that matter most to community colleges, four-year schools, costs and faculty workloads, student services, and global perspectives. With more than 1,600 institutions participating with the National Higher Education Benchmarking Institute since 2004, they are truly leading the way. To learn more about their membership model and how they can support your benchmarking needs, visit thebenchmarkinginstitute.org.